comrades. Welcome to the Sunflower Socialist Podcast. Apologies for the long hiatus. My my life has been very busy as of late, so I've not been able to do any podcast or videos for that matter. But finally, I've got some time to sit down and record. Sadly, this is not the episode I wanted to do, though. I was hoping that I would be celebrating the UK election. However, sadly, Labour suffered a crushing defeat, and Jeremy Corbyn is stepping down as leader, meaning there will be a new leader election coming up. And that's what I'm going to talk about today. So Labour suffered a crushing defeat, and I think a lot of this has to do with Labour attempting to reach a middle ground on Brexit. They thought a policy of a second referendum was the best route. They could unite Leavers and Remainers behind this. The Leavers would still have an opportunity to pursue Brexit. The Remainers would have the option to cancel it through a second referendum. Uh, but they made a massive error by thinking they could pursue such a middle ground on highly polarizing issues, and as a result, just alienated both Leavers and Remainers, and this cost them key seats in the north of England and in Scotland. Now, at the same time, Boris Johnson has moved away from traditional Tory austerity politics of people like Thatcher, Major, Cameron, and May, and instead pursued a, pol- a platform based on one-nation conservatism, which is a more paternalistic form of conservatism. And this really undercut Labour's anti-austerity message. This, on top of the non-stop assault by the press and those trying to undermine Corbyn from within his own party, greatly weakened Labour, and thus it was always going to be hard for them, but we can't ignore the failures that the Labour Party made on its own, specifically around the issue of Brexit. Owen Jones wrote a great piece for this for The Guardian that I'll link to in the show notes below titled Brexit and Self-Inflicted Heirs Buried Labour in This Election, and it makes this point far better than I ever could. However, do not think for one minute that this defeat was because Labour went too far to the left. If you look at the results for Change UK and the Lib Dems, they fared even worse. The Lib Dems lost half their seats, and their leader even lost their seat. So this is not because Labour went too far to the left, and the answer is not to abandon socialism and run back to the center. Now that being said, Corbyn has stepped down as a result of this defeat, and this is saddening, but not unexpected. This is typical after you said for a defeat of this scale. Clement Attlee did this in 1955, James Callaghan in 1979, Michael Foote in 1983, Neil Kinnock in 92, Gordon Brown in 2010, and Ed Miliband in 2015 all did the same thing. Now, it is sad to see Corbyn go. I fully supported his leadership of the party and his work to return the party to socialism and finally abandon the third-way politics of Blair and Brown. So the question now stands, who will the next leader be? Now, before I get into who the candidates for leader are, I do think I should go over two things first, that being the process of electing the leader and then also the divisions within the Labour Party. So the process works basically like this. Candidates for leader are required to get nominations from 10% of the combined number of Labour members of Parliament and members of the European Parliament, MPs and MEPs. And right now, that means about 22 MPs and or MEPs have to nominate a candidate. And then they must also be nominated by either 5% of the constituency Labour parties, which are the local organizations, so roughly 30 CLPs, or they have to be nominated by groups representing 5% of the affiliated supporters in the affiliated organizations, which are the social societies and trade unions. And as a result, no more than nine candidates will be able to stand. It is likely fewer than five or six will actually stand. After they receive the required nominations, all the candidates are then voted on by the members of the party and the affiliated supporters on a one-member, one-vote basis, all votes being equal using a ranked choice ballot. So if you are a member of a trade union that's affiliated with the Labour Party or someone that can join the Labour Party who is listening to this, you need to join right now or become a registered affiliated supporter right now. 
I also think I should mention there is going to be a election for the deputy leadership because Tom Watson, the deputy leader under Corbin, resigned before the election, and so there is going to be a simultaneous election for deputy leader as well, and it works basically the same way. Now, within the Labour Party, we find a couple of big divides, but the first and most important one being the traditional left-right divide, and then the other one being over Brexit. 326 Politics made a really great graphic illustrating this, and I'll link to it in the show notes below, and it shows the potential candidates and where they land on each side of the spectrum. Now, I'm not going to get too much into the divisions over Brexit, because that's pretty simple, it's leave versus remain, and I anticipate that Brexit is going to happen before the next election, I believe they actually just passed the bill yesterday, so I'm not going to focus too much on that, and I'm going to just discuss the ideological divisions, which go from right to left, and they are the new labor, the soft left, and then the hard left. New Labour is the most right-wing of these, and they consist of the Blairites and the Brownites, and the main difference between these two being that the Brownites are half a degree to the left of the Blairites, who are radical centrists. They effectively reject the party's socialist roots and embrace centrism and the third way, neoliberal reforms, and market-driven policies. They ran the party under Tony Blair and Gordon Brown, but after Brown lost the election in 2010, New Labour have also lost their stranglehold on the party. Ed Miliband's soft left leadership was the start of this, and their whatever control they had left was really destroyed by Corbett's leadership. And there has been a bit of an exodus from the party by many supporters, but those remaining have been among Corbett's fiercest critics. There is an activist wing of this faction called Progress, but overall they represent a tiny fraction of the Labour Party's membership. They actually probably have the most influence within the parliamentary party. In the 2015 Labour leadership election, there were two candidates from this faction, Liz Kendall, who was a hardcore Blairite, and Yvette Cooper, who was more of a Brownite. Kendall came in last with less than 4% of the vote, and Cooper had around 17%. And since then, with the exodus, they've shrunk even further, and only a handful remain. Their main goal in the party election will be to move the party back to the center, but I doubt this is going to be successful because the shift to the left has been so drastic, and because they've lost so much influence within the party. Now, the second faction is the soft left, and they're probably the broadest section. They're effectively the faction that's between the new... New Labour and the Hard Left, and they're effectively a social democratic wing. Some members lean a bit more towards New Labour, others towards the Hard Left, and they're the faction of people like Owen Smith, who was Corbyn's challenger in 2016, the 2015 leadership candidate and mayor and mayor of Manchester, Andy Burnham, and London Mayor Sadiq Khan. Now, I feel like many leftists wrongly group them together with the New Labour wing, especially during the leadership of Ed Miliband, who was himself soft left. And I think this is because they're a much more pragmatic faction than the hard left. Miliband did try to break with some of New Labour's policies, but he didn't really challenge them on a lot of stuff and didn't shift the party back to the left or return it to its roots like Corbyn has. Now that the party has shifted to the left, many of those in the soft left have acquiesced, if not outright embraced, this more radical direction, and the faction has shifted a bit more to the left as a whole. They make up the bulk of the party's MPs and MEPs, and their main activist group is called Open Labor, which at the last conference was considered as carrying the Corbinite flag. So they've kind of fallen in behind this radical direction, and it's kind of hard to tell where they would take it if they gained control. And then finally we come to the hard left, and they're the most explicitly socialist faction. Most of its MPs are members of the Socialist Campaign Group in the House of Commons, this is the faction of Corbyn, Diane Abbott, John McDonnell, and the late great Tony Benn. Now, a lot of the party rank and file does align more with the hard left, and it's where we find groups like Momentum. Obviously, this is the faction I align with, and it's the faction that took power when Corbyn became leader. Their main goal going into this election is to carry on the Corbyn torch and, pat and push for a socialist labor party and a radical government. So they've got, they're mainly the ones trying to hold on to power right now. 
But now that we've gotten that out of the way, let's look at the candidates. As of the time of recording, which is on December 21st, 2019, it appears two candidates, Emily Thornbury and Clive Lewis, have declared they're going to run. And at least two more appear to that they're going to be announced in the coming days, and several more have expressed an interest and are likely to run. So let's start with Emily Thornbury. Thornbury is the MP for Islington South and Finsbury. She's been in there since 2005. She was Shadow Brexit Secretary under Corbyn until Keir Starmer replaced her. And then she served as Shadow First Secretary of State and Shadow Foreign Secretary. So quite a few important roles in the Shadow Cabinet. She hails from the soft left, but has positioned herself as a Corbyn supporter and endorsed him during the 2016 challenge by Owen Smith. So that puts her closer to the hard left than to New Labour. She's also very firmly within the pro-Remain camp. Now, she is considered one with a lot of potential, but she has come under fire from many, especially from Len McCluskey, the leader of Unite, which is Britain's largest union, uh, who blamed her as well as Keir, Keir Stammer for the Brexit policy that cost Labour the election. She's also a member of Labour Friends of Israel, but also Labour Friends of Palestine and the Middle East. So she considers herself a supporter of a two-state solution, so hardly a Likudnik, but she's definitely not a BDS supporter either. Now finally, she is also from London, and that really is a problem for me, and I think for a lot of people, because I think the next leader needs to be from the Labour heartlands in Northern England, which is the seats they really did badly in this time that they really need to win back. So the second candidate is Clive Lewis. He is an MP from Norwich South in Eastern England. He was first elected in 2015. He is somewhere between the soft left and the hard left, kind of straddling the line between the two, but definitely to Thornbury's left. He was one of Corbyn's earliest supporters back in 2015, and Corbyn actually credited him with helping get the campaign off the ground. He also supported Corbyn during the 2016 challenge to his leadership. Now, despite the support for Corbyn, he is a hardcore Remainer, and he resigned from the Shadow Cabinet in 2015 to vote against triggering Article 50 but he was brought back onto the Shadow Cabinet in 2018 as Shadow Secretary for Sustainable Economics, and ever since then, he's been a really big advocate for the Green New Deal. And I think that could be a winning issue for Labour in the next election. I think climate change will play a bigger role in the coming election, and I'm glad that the Green New Deal has become sort of a common cause for the left around the world. He's also drawn attention to Labour's long-term failures in the north of England in terms of addressing deindustrialization, and that's definitely something that Labour needs to address. So there's some definite good here. Now, while this all sounds great, he's got some baggage. Firstly, he was filmed using some sexist language that I will not be repeating at a Momentum event in 2017, but he has since apologized. He was also accused of groping a woman at the same event, but he was cleared of the accusation. However, despite the apology and the clearing of the accusation, these make me very uncomfortable with giving him my full support. What's probably more troubling, though, is that he's been very critical of law firms that have targeted British soldiers for killing civilians in Iraq and Ireland saying he could have been in their position because he served as a soldier in the British Army and did a tour in Afghanistan. And that's deeply concerning to me as an Irish Republican that he doesn't want to see British soldiers that executed Irish civilians brought to justice. He's not received any support from unions yet, so he has to turn his attention to gain the 30 CLP nominations. And he does have appeal to both the hard left and the soft left, so this could make him a contender, but we'll have to see if he gets the nominations first, and that's still quite a ways off. Now, the next two candidates have not declared yet, but they appear set to any day. First is Keir Starmer, the MP for Holborn and St. Pancras, so this is also in London. He was the Shadow Brexit Secretary under Corbyn, who replaced Thornbury in that role. He's an Oxford-educated human rights lawyer, and he's actually a knight, so I guess I should be calling him Sir Keir Starmer. 
He's very much on the soft left, to the right of Thornbury and Lewis, but to the left of New Labour. He supported Owen Smith's challenge against Corbyn in 2016, while Thornbury and Lewis supported Corbyn, but afterwards he has really fallen behind Corbyn's leadership, and was really the architect of the Brexit strategy. Now, before the election, he was the favorite to succeed Corbyn, but his odds have dropped quite a bit since then. He is widely considered, as previously stated, the architect of the Brexit policy, and so McCluskey has targeted him for that, and he's viewed as somewhat of an opportunist. He appears to have been eyeballing the top job for some time, and so that really makes me and a lot of other people pause. He has pledged that if he becomes prime minister, he will lead a radical labor government, but he's also said that he wants to end party infighting, so I feel like he's trying to play black and red on this one. He has not yet announced, but he's going to announce soon in all likelihood, and he hinted heavily that he's going to run. Next up is Rebecca Longbailey, the MP for Salford and Eccles. Apologies to my English viewers, I your towns are kind of weirdly named. She was Corbyn's shadow secretary for business. While the first three that we mentioned were on the soft left, Longbailey is definitely in the hard left. She has described herself as a proud socialist, and she's a prominent supporter of Corbyn and a member of the socialist campaign group. Some have suggested that Corbyn has actually been grooming her for leadership since she actually filled in for her during Prime Minister Question Time uh, and in the election debates. She hasn't officially announced yet, but she's been endorsed by John McDonnell and Angela Rayner, who is one of the candidates for deputy leader. And she is considered the bookmaker's favorite at the moment, so she's definitely got some good odds. It seems likely that she'll announce in the coming days. She'll pick up some support from Corbyn supporters for sure, and she definitely has a base in the rank and file and she might be able to win support from unions like Unite, and that would be a major get if she got Unite behind her, because they are a very significant force within the party. She has been criticized for lacking charisma and experience, since she's only been an MP since 2015, but so is Lewis, and she did, although she didn't hold any support positions before that. Uh, she is considered by some to be Corbyn's natural successor, though, so this makes it very likely that she could be the next leader. Moving on to those who have expressed an interest but not made many concrete moves towards their candidacies, uh, Lisa Nandy, the MP for Wigan, which is in the Manchester area, is someone else who's expressed an interest. She is firmly on the soft left. She was Corbyn's shadow secretary for climate change, but resigned in 2016 after the Brexit vote, and she was actually initially asked to run against him during the subsequent leadership challenge, but she instead chaired Owen Smith's campaign. She's the most pro-leave contender out of any of them, She's from the North, which would make her attractive to many people in the Labour Party at the moment, but she's not considered a front-runner. She also hasn't been in the shadow cabinet for several years now. But then again, Corbyn wasn't in the shadow cabinet ever when he was elected. But what about New Labour? I haven't talked much about them since I introduced you to them. Uh, for all the candidates I've spoken on, they're all either soft left or hard left. So, New Labour's got two possible candidates that are mulling to run. The first is Yvette Cooper, who I mentioned previously. She's considered a Brownite. She's been an MP since 1997 and served in numerous cabinet and shadow cabinet positions under Blair, Brown, and Miliband. But after her previously mentioned failed bid to become leader in 2015, she moved to the backbenches. She's maintained a high profile in national politics by being very critical of the Tories and the governments of Theresa May and Boris Johnson. However, she has not been very vocal within Labour Party politics. She's been quite quiet about Corbyn, outside of supporting Owen Smith's 2016 challenge against him. She's easily the most experienced of the possible candidacies, however, since she is new Labour, I don't expect her to get much support from the rank and file. And finally, we come to Jess Phillips. Oh boy. If you are looking for the single most anti-Corbyn member of the Labour Party, Look no further than Jess Phillips. 
Phillips is the MP for Birmingham Yardley since 2015, and she basically started attacking Corbyn from the outset of his leadership. This is probably best illustrated by her statement in December 2015 saying that she would she wouldn't knife Corbyn in the back, but she would quote knife him in the front. And she threatened to resign if Corbyn remained leader. This was before the leadership challenge, and she still hasn't resigned from the party, so, you know, maybe she should hurry that up. She has promoted herself as a feminist crusader, but it seems like the sort of vulgar liberal feminism, and I also suspect she may be a swerf, but I cannot confirm that. And she's also a member of Labor Friends of Israel. Yeah. She said that if she runs, she'd be a, quote, clean break from Corbyn and quote, something different, which I think we all know that means a return to the Blair-Brown era of the Third Way. Uh, she's already gotten support from a handful of MPs in the new Labor wing, and she's also gotten support from the Evening Standard, the newspaper run by former Tory MP and cabinet member George Osborne, who clearly has Labor's best interests in mind. So these are the main candidates, and there are a few others that I didn't mention, namely David Lamy, Lamy? Uh, and Jonathan Ashworth. I'm not sure how to say it. Lamy, Lamy, I'm not sure. I haven't ever heard his name spoken. He's very much considered a Blairite, while Ashworth is considered to be on the hard left. But while they've been touted as possible ones in some news articles, they haven't made many moves towards actually running. So they're more speculative at this time. So I won't really get much into them right now. But now that I've covered all the main candidates, who do I support? What do I think is important? Well, going into this, I think the most important thing is maintaining the socialist project that Corbyn initiated. That is easily the most important part of this, and I will support the candidate that I believe is the most likely to maintain this socialist position. Obviously, that candidate is Rebecca Longbailey, and I'm giving my full support to her. She is a committed socialist, she firmly believes in socialism, and she's the only one that I think can really carry that torch forward from Corbyn without being bogged down by his shortcomings. Because let's face it, while Corbyn was a great leader and reignited that socialist flame that was always at the heart of the Labour Party until Tony Blair tried to snuff it out, he definitely had some shortcomings there. Some of them were awesome, like his associations with Irish republicanism, but that did leave him open open to attack by the right-wing press. And so I think having a leader that doesn't have those same I guess you could say problems, even though I don't consider all of them to be problems. It really would be a good thing for the party going forward, I think. Someone new, someone young, would really be a good thing for the Labour Party. Even though she's about 10 years older than AOC, I think that uh, Rebecca Longbailey may be the closest thing that Britain has to AOC. So that's definitely a very you know positive thing. She's also from the north of England, and I think that is something very important. I think that you need someone from the north to reconnect to the northern working class and regain their trust will really help. Corbyn was a Londoner. While he did regain some of that trust during the 2017 election, he kind of lost it with this Brexit policy. Long Bailey won't have that problem. Brexit is going to be done by the time there's another election, or not long after. And so she's not going to be bogged down by the association with Remain, so to speak. This can really help them regain the trust in Northern England, which they need if they ever want to re-enter government again. But since it is a ranked choice ballot, I'm also going to go over the other candidates that I mentioned and just say where I place them. So for my second choice, that will go to Clive Lewis, who is not as left-wing as Long Bailey and still has that baggage, and that baggage really does make me pause. Well, he has been clear to the groping allegation, and I'm not going to hold that one in particular against him. The sexist language that he used definitely makes me uncomfortable, and 
that's not really acceptable, especially from someone that you would like to see as a major leftist leader. And then what's probably even more concerning is his belief that British soldiers who committed war crimes should not be held accountable for their actions. And that's just very disturbing to me. I'm not sure that I can trust him as much as I trusted Corbyn as a result of that, because Corbyn was sympathetic to Irish republicanism. I don't know where Lewis stands on that issue. And if his track record on that, on accountability for soldiers such as the paratroopers involved in Bloody Sunday holds firm, I'm not sure that he can be trusted as much. But I'm going to give him my second choice because he is very much a Corbynite. He is the second most left wing of the ones that I've mentioned. Uh, And I think that does deserve a little bit of trust, but not as much as I would give to Corbyn and definitely not as much as I would give to Long Bailey. In third place... This one was a tough one, but I'm going to give it to Thornbury, and I'll say why. Thornbury has some problems. It's a little hard to parse out where she is on issues from time to time. She is in the Remain camp, and she is from London, and I think that is a bit of a problem. But she is definitely more left-wing than some of the other contenders here. She has stayed loyal to the Corbyn Project throughout the throughout his leadership, and I think that that should be rewarded in and of itself, and I think that that might indicate she can be trusted to carry forward that project if she became leader. So she gets my third choice, but pretty distant. Nandy goes in fourth, and I kind of... I have my issues with Nandy. Uh, She's way too much of a believer for me, and although I don't think that's really going to matter in the next election. And she was not a supporter of the Corbyn project, and so that's a problem for me. But I'm putting her ahead of, say, Keir Starmer, because I think that she might be a bit more trustworthy on it, because she is at least ideologically consistent, and so we know where she is. She is on the left side of the soft left in general, as that 326 politics graphic I'll post in the show notes indicates, but, you know, she's not a Corbynite by any means. So I'm putting her in fourth, so way down the line, but she definitely does not get my full-throated support, obviously. Starmer gets fifth, because he was the architect of the Brexit policy that cost Labour the election, so that is a big problem for me, and then also he appears to be a bit of an opportunist, and that really disturbs me. I'm also not sure that they need a middle-class, Oxford-educated lawyer from London as their leader. I don't think that's going to help Labour regain the trust of the working class in the north of England. I think he might be a bit more trustworthy with the Corbyn Project, but I'm just not sure how trustworthy he is. Uh, in sixth place, Yvette Cooper. She's not trustworthy uh, to be car- to carry forward the torch of the socialist project within Labour. She is a Brownite. She is new Labour. She cannot be trusted in that regard. You know, I do not want another centrist leader. She cannot be expected to regain the support of the working class. She is not the right choice for it. And then in absolute last place, my seventh choice, Jess Phillips. Jess Phillips is a traitor to socialism. Jess Phillips is not someone that can be trusted at the helm of the Labor Party. She is offering a return to the failures that were new labor. She is offering centrism in the third way. She's not offering an alternative. She's not offering a leftist project. And we cannot trust her for that reason. So absolutely not Jess Phillips. Uh, She is the one that absolutely must be defeated. The most important thing, in my opinion, going into this is carrying forward that socialist project that Corbyn has initiated, rebuilding that socialist fire that was always at the heart of the Labour Party that Tony Blair sought to snuff out. And I think that Rebecca Longbailey is the one to do that. 
The UK is most likely not going to have another election until 2024, since there is such a large Tory majority, and I think that in the meantime, the Tories will do some very serious damage to Britain, and that is very disturbing to me. They are not going to be very friendly towards Scotland or to the six counties in Ireland. They are not going to be very friendly to the British working class in general. They are just going to be very paternalistic to them. This is not a liberatory government that they have, and I think that Labour needs someone who can both win and then deliver socialist policies in Britain. And I think Rebecca Long-Bailey is the one to do that. Now, I do want to see Scottish independence. I do want to see Irish unification. But I don't believe we should abandon the working class in the rest of Britain because of these goals. And that's the problem I have with the SNP. But that's maybe an issue that I can talk about on a later podcast if you guys want me to. In the meantime, I think it's important that any of my British listeners, if I have any, that they join the Labour Party if they're not already members or register as an affiliated supporter, and then vote for Rebecca Long-Bailey when she announces her candidacy, which I believe will be coming in a few days, because she is the candidate who I believe can deliver a socialist government, deliver a victory for Labour in the 2024 election if it comes sooner, and can carry on that message that Jeremy Corbyn has infused the Labour Party with, because at the end of the day... While they lost the election, Labour did win the argument. They are winning the argument. The left is winning the argument, but they need to win power, and I think that Long Bailey can help do that. I also believe that Long Bailey really can win over those Leave voters, especially because I think Brexit will be done by the time the next election comes around. They've just passed the Brexit bill, and while getting a trade deal with the European Union will take some more time, I think that the fallout from Brexit will push things back into Labour's favor by the next election. And while Johnson has embraced this one-nation paternalistic conservatism, I'm not sure how consistent he's going to be on that. I think that there is a good chance he will continue to try and privatize parts of the NHS and make cuts. They really abandoned the message, but they didn't. I'm not sure that they're going to abandon the policy, so to speak. So, saving the NHS, restoring the welfare state, and pushing for a socialist Britain is going to be a winning message, I think. And the Green New Deal in particular is a message I really think Labour can win on in the next election, especially with the fallout from Brexit, because it's going to cost jobs, it's going to cost people their livelihoods, and climate change is only going to get worse in the meantime. So I think the Green New Deal is definitely a message that Labour can rebuild its support around and hopefully win government on in the next election, if not sooner. So I think that about wraps it up for today. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, don't forget to share, like, and share and subscribe and rate this on YouTube, on iTunes. And also, please do go and give on Patreon if you can. Uh, that would be greatly appreciated. Really help me improve the quality and hopefully allow me to produce more episodes going forward. Because part of the reason I'm not able to is because this is not how I make my money. I don't have a lot of patrons. So please support me on there if you can. Thanks so much to everyone that listens, and good luck to all of my British listeners in the upcoming Labour leadership race. Thanks so much. Solidarity.